Welcome to Kingdom Light Church. We believe this message by Dave Besson will find entrance in your heart and impact in your life in a supernatural way. For more information, please visit our website, Instagram account, and Facebook page. Well, isn't that absolutely awesome? Um, I think that, that, that video says something to us. All over the world, the Spirit is moving. Deep down in my heart, the Spirit is moving. I think we all can testify, children of God, that we are experiencing a move of the Spirit like never before in amongst the people of our churches, in amongst each other. We just feel the presence of God moving on the earth amidst all the darkness and all the confusion and all the distractions. The Spirit of God is faithful. The Spirit of God is with us. He has been given to us as a comforter. And God said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So, yeah, it, it's awesome to, to experience that. Every tongue, every tribe, every creed, every nation, God is moving amongst the entire nations of the world. Won't you just pray with me quickly? Father, thank you this morning that you did not leave us as orphans, that you did not leave us comfortless, that you did not leave us behind, but you said, it is better that I go, for if I do not go, he, the Holy Spirit, the Paracletos, the friend, the standby, cannot come. And so, Father, thank you that you sent him to indwell each one of us in, as individuals. We have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God on the inside of us to lead us, to teach us, to guide us, to comfort us, to establish us, and Lord, to give us power. So we thank you this morning. And Father, I pray this morning that that prayer that was um, spoken, I want to pray it as a prayer, that word spoken by John the Revelator in Revelations uh, when he was recording what Jesus was saying to the churches, he said, um, let everyone hear, who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. God is speaking in our day by his Spirit. Let us hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Even this morning, Father, let us be guided, let us be instructed, let us be controlled and driven and led as sons of God by the Holy Ghost this morning. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I, I want to focus on something that We've mentioned over and over and over and over again, but it is so important that we're going to start with it again this morning. God and His intentionality, God's intentionalness. When you discover that God does nothing unintentionally, but everything that God does is an intentional thing, when you start looking at the motive, when you start looking at why, when you start discovering that God did it for a purpose, and you find that purpose, you find that meaningfulness in that thing, it does something to your walk with God. So let's, let's just jump backwards. Um, in the beginning, we see God creating, and we see Him creating man. And then we see him blowing into the nostrils of man. And he stands up a living soul. God didn't get up one morning and decide on a whim he was going to create the world. 
He was going to create the universe. Just, you know, oh, let's create the universe today just to have some fun. No, there was, a, there was an intentionalness in, in God's creating. He did it for a reason. And, and one of the greatest reasons of God that we can ever find about Him creating and creating us is that He wanted sons. He wanted offspring. He wanted, he wanted a family. God was busy with creation. And so, he, you, you know, right at the start of this thing this morning, I want to look at that intentionalness for a moment and just back, back away from it with you and look at it like a camera almost zooming in and out and just see if we can't see something about the giving of God, the, the, the intentionalness of God giving. Because when we get to the Holy Ghost just now, a little bit further down in the message, and you've got this thing entrenched in you, you will know that He gave Him for a reason. He gave Him with purpose. He gave Him intentionally to the church. So if we see in the beginning He creates and He creates trees, and He gives the trees to, He just created man, and then He said, and then He created trees, all of them bearing seed. In every one according to their kind. He created the trees bearing fruit which had seed within them. What was he doing? God was giving intentionally. God doesn't give to take back. God doesn't give, uh, once again, just on a whim. God was giving something of value. God was giving something like food. He was giving it, and he was giving it intentionally so that those who partook of it would know that God had given them this food, this fruit, this seed to plant, this, this intention so that we might have, he said, he gave it, it will be meat, M-E-A-T, it's like the feeding. So when we go back and we see God giving a man breath and, and creating him, he didn't create him as a toy, he didn't create, he was intentionally creating an offspring, he was creating man from, from, from a, a, a source. So I'm going to use a very strange text to start off with this morning, but join me with it. Okay, so it's Malachi 2 and it's 15, okay, verse 15, Malachi 2 verse 15. And did not he make one? Yet had he a residue of spirit. And wherefore? That he might seek a godly seed. Then he talks, talks about marriage. And talks about, Therefore, take heed to your spirit. Let none of you deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. So, yes, he created one. And out of the one he brought Eve out of the rib and they became one flesh and, 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 and you can preach oneness and marriage from that scripture. But we know that in John 20 verse 22, Jesus steps into the upper room to the disciples where they are seated, seated and he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Ghost, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathes on them. So God breathes in the beginning with intentionality. And now we take this huge jump to John and we find here are these scriptures, one after the other. Jesus is preparing to go to the cross, yet he's constantly speaking to his disciples. From John 14, he's constantly speaking to them. He says, it's better that I go. Because if I do not go, he cannot come. The Spirit, the, the, the Holy Ghost, he's going to send him. Why is he going to send him? Intentionally, he's going to send him because the church 
needs the indwelling of God on the inside of them. He's going to bring the Spirit of God in with intention. Remember, I said, when we find something about God's intention, we understand what He's doing. Let's, let's take something. Let's take healing for a moment. If we see Jesus walking around on earth, laying hands on sick people, and they are being healed, what is the intention? God wants to heal. What does that do for me? Once I understand the motive of God and His intention that He wants to heal, I understand He also wants to heal me. He also wants to heal you. When I get that fixed down in my spirit and I start to stand on God's intent and know that God's intent was not to make sick, but to heal, then something happens on the inside of me. I gain a confidence when going to Him for something and understand God wanted to give me healing. He wanted to see me well. He wanted to give me divine health. Are you getting what I'm saying? So God is about to leave in the former son, the son, God on the earth, is about to leave. And his intent is once again to give. He's, he's, he's giving out his intention. He said, it's better that I go. Because if I do not go, he cannot come. Talking about the Holy Spirit. And then he says, but when he comes, and then he starts telling about what the privileges, what the, 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 the plus signs are about the coming of the Spirit, he will lead me into all truth. He will lead me and guide me. He will be my nearby standby friend. He will give me power when he comes upon me. And so we see that God had an intent for the church to leave them the Holy Ghost. To give us the third person in the Godhead and that he would do something in our lives. He would give us power. He would lead us. Oh man, there, there is so much about it. And then, and then we, we start getting into this whole thing. So we are sitting today on Sunday, which is more or less the date of Pentecost. It's like 50 days after um, Jesus comes out of the tomb and, and, and Jesus is, is told the disciples to go and wait in Jerusalem until they are clothed with power from on high. Until they receive the Holy Spirit. Strange they're in lockdown. Strange they, they're locked up. And, and in their locked upness, he says, when they were all together in one place, in one accord. There's a unity, there's an accord. They are waiting for one thing. They are gathered around. Oh, I can just feel like something moving right now. They gathered around in this one place with expectancy and waiting. And then on that morning, on that moment, there's a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And the place is filled with the Spirit. And there's like flames and fire on top of them. And they, and rah, there's this, there's this impartation. There's this deposit. Not on a whim. Not just a castle go by, oh well, let's give the church something, we're taking Jesus back, let's give them. I might sound flippant, I'm not intending to sound flippant. I'm trying to say, guys, he gave us his spirit for a reason, he gave it with intent. And let's find that intent as a church and let's hold on to it. In the, the, the other thing about it is the Holy Ghost the, the, the whole thing about the Holy Ghost coming was a present continuous thing. It wasn't a one-time occasion, occurrence in, in, in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. No, but from that time until now, he said, in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He decided to give it to all mankind. And guys, remember when God gives, 
It's a gift. It's a gift with intent. He promised it. It's a gift and a promise with intent. God sent the Holy Spirit the same way as He gave us healing to heal us. He intentionally, with motive, gave the church an indwelling dynamo of power that would be with us forever. With infilling upon infilling the Holy Spirit that leads to revival, that leads to power, that leads to a dispensation of Him all over. Oh, I'll never forget my first Pentecost. When I had my first church in Malmesbury, I, I, I had to preach a whole 10 days of, of waiting services. And with my first one alone, I wasn't in another pastor's church, it was mine in my church. I got to the third evening and I started, I was preaching these awesome messages every night and God was showing up and there was people being baptized in the Spirit and I was like running out of messages. I was running out of, of material and I was going, what if he doesn't show up tomorrow night? And I phoned my father-in-law who was, who was most of his life from the time I got born again till he passed. He was my, a, a very great mentor in my life. And I said, Dad, what happens if, I, if, 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 if he doesn't show? What, what happens if I run out of message? What, what, you know, it's been great up until now, but what happens? You know? And he just smiled and started laugh. And he said to me, he'll show. He'll always show. That's his, that's, his, that's his job designation. That's who he is. He's, he's there. And I learned the greatest lesson. When you preach about the healer or about healing, guess who shows up? The healer. When you preach about deliverance, guess who shows up? The deliverer. When you preach about the Holy Spirit, oh man, this morning through the cameras of people watching me on Facebook Live to homes all over, I'm praying that as I preach about Him this morning, as I teach about Him this morning, that the Holy Spirit will go into every one of you. Because what happens when you preach about Him? Guess who shows up? The Holy Spirit shows up in His power and His strength like He did over 2,000 years ago. He's going to show this morning in the church. He shows every time you're conscious of Him. He's there to lead you. He said, those who are led, Romans 8, by the Spirit, they are sons of God. Wow, I'm, 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 getting, uh, I'm, I'm getting beyond myself this morning. Go with me quickly, just you know, as a, as a definition of this, just go with me to John. Let's just have a look at some of these awesome scriptures. And then I'm going to take you to a subject called transformation. Oh, man, it's my, one of my favorite subjects. John 14. Go with me quickly. Uh, John 14. We'll go from verse 15 in, in John 14. It goes like this. Um, Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. Intentional, intentional. Jesus is saying what his motive, what his intentionality is, what he's going to do. He, when you pray, he's gonna, when, when you love and when you follow after him, he's going to give you another comforter. That he might abide with you forever. Oh, I love Sean's message that he loves to preach in him. We live and move and have our being. Why? How? By the Spirit that has come to stay with us forever. Even the Spirit of truth, 
whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth it him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Verse, uh, uh, the next verse, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Oh man, that's absolutely awesome. I will not leave you comfortless. John 15, verse 26. John 15, verse 26 says, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye, ye also shall bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. There is no... Guys, you've you got to understand that without Jesus sending the Holy Ghost, there is no power to witness. There is no, there's no power. He did not leave the church without power, bereft of power. He sent us intentionally the power of the Holy Ghost so that by the Spirit we will be able to witness. By the Spirit there is transformation. By the Spirit there is freedom. Oh man, I wish I could get into it. I, I was, oh, I'm going to read this scripture to you. got to read this scripture to you today. Let's just go John 16 quickly. John 16. Oh, we, we love this part of John 16. Oh, man, John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Let's just pause for a moment. He says it's expedient. Oh, man. Jesus intention, just like God gave seed in the beginning, just like God breathed in the beginning, just like God had a mind of offspring in the beginning, he said, it's better that I go, because if I go, if I do not, he cannot come, um, and I will send him unto you, and when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin, because they believe not, they, the world, believe not on me. So the Holy Spirit is the one that brings the conflicting force for people to come to know God, to, to become believers. To He draws them to the bleeding side of Jesus at the cross only by the Spirit. Then he says, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Who is it that absolutely convicts, convicts and convinces and drives us to know that the finished work of the cross is complete that my sins have been taken care of that there is no more judgment who is it the holy ghost there's a partnership between father son and holy ghost that is so close there's a oneness oh, that we don't even sometimes begin to understand the fullness of the godhead bodily dwelt in jesus who the fullness of the godhead bodily dwelt in jesus what is jesus saying when i go to the Father, we are one. Go and read John 17, the oneness. And he said, you will be one with us. The, the, the connecting rod, the fact that makes us one, is that he sent the Spirit to make us one with him. So now the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead raises Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing within me. And we become one with the Father, one with the Son. There's a oneness. And remember, 
God didn't do this on a whim. God did not do this by accident. He did not do this on a casual happenstance. God did this with purpose and on purposeness. He wanted us one. So receive the gift this morning. Receive the promise this morning. Become one with Him. Mm. <laughs> Understand your righteousness. You Man, I tell you. Um, he says, um, of righteousness and of judgment. He says, of righteousness because I go to him the Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Guys, the, the enemy is under your feet. He's been judged. He's been taken care of. He's been sorted out. He's under your feet. You are by the Spirit more than an overcomer. You must know that. Oh, I wish I could go on and on and on. Let me read something to you this morning that I think you're going to enjoy. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a scripture that I haven't read very much in my life. Go with me to Titus. I think it's Titus here. Yeah, Titus 3. This is incredible. Titus. Oh, where are you, Titus? Why did you run? Titus. Titus and Titus. No, I mean Titus. Titus 3 verse 47. Watch this. He says, um, But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. Not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Now listen to this. By the washing, regeneration, and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Hey, I thought it was by the washing of the water of the word. There's a water. He said, born again, Nicodemus. You have to be born again of water and spirit. I understood the water and spirit thing. The moment I heard it taught, I grabbed it. He washed us with the water of the word. The bridegroom washed the bride. So there was word. But here the Bible says, the Spirit and the Word wash. The Spirit regenerates. But what about the blood? Oh man, we're getting into some heavy stuff this morning. 1 John 5 verse 8 says there are three on the earth. The water, the Spirit, and the blood. And they operate in one. It's like one of those mysterious things about Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They are one in the heaven. They operate in one. They are one. They are one, but down below there's that spirit connecting rod, the water, the spirit, and the blood. And they are in agreement in one. So there was a thing taking place in you and me at our rebirth, just like God. Oh man, I can't get into all of this. When the creation took place, what happened? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The same was with him in the beginning. Everything that was, but what does, he, um, what does Genesis say? Genesis says, the spirit hovered over the deep, hovered over the water. So there is like this hovering of the spirit over you and me at rebirth. There is the same sort of creative power when he said, let there be light. He's the light being on the inside of us and he brings us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Whoa, man. Okay, so <laughs> let's go. 1 Samuel 10 verse 9. Saul is about to be crowned king of Israel. And Samuel meets Saul 
when he was looking for his father's donkeys, they go to the, to, to the prophet. The prophets were still called seers. They go to the seer. They give him a gift. And they are inquiring after donkeys. He says to him, don't worry about the donkeys. The donkeys have been found. But this morning, you are going to be crowned. You are, you, you are going to receive a kingdom. And I believe it's, it's all shadow and type of us. All right. He says, when you go up to the heights, you're going to pass prophets coming down. When they come down past you, you will prophesy with them. In that moment, listen to his words, the prophet speaking to, uh, uh, to Saul. Samuel says, you will be turned into another man. Everybody shout with me, transformation. Say change. There's a change, there's a transformation that comes upon you when the Spirit comes upon you. There's a transformational change. There's a, Jesus goes up onto the Mount of Transfiguration. And as he prays, he transfigures. He changes. The word there is metamorph, metamorphosis in English. Metamorphu in Greek. It's a change like the caterpillar to the butterfly. It's a total transformation and transfiguring. The same word that gets used for Jesus on the mountain, when he says to them, he says to them six days prior, he says, there are some of you standing here that will not die till you see me coming in the kingdom and power. Then six days later, he takes Peter, James, and John onto a high mountain. Oh, I wish I could talk now about mountains and fire and water and everything. He takes them onto a high mountain. As they are standing there, he starts to pray and he's transfigured. His clothes shine. He shines. He becomes this. There's a glory cloud. There's a voice of the Father. This is my beloved Son. And they experience all this and the law and the prophets, the law by Moses' presence, the prophets by Elijah's presence are there and it's the fulfillment of a time. It's the birth of a new age. It's the birth of a new moment, a new, a new thing in God's kingdom. Let's, let's put it that way. And, and on this moment, there is a transfiguring. God says, Romans, in his word, Romans 12 verse 2, do not be conformed. Wow. Conformed in that sense is cookie cutter. Do not be poured into the same mold as the world. Do not become a cookie cutter person that you have to look like. That person has to react like that. That's why it'll never work. You can never control the human race. You can never put them into one box and say to them, they have to live like this, look like this, be like this. Cannot work. God didn't create us to be cookie cutter Christians that we all look the same, speak the same, jump the same, talk the same. He said, do not be conformed to this world and its way of thinking, but be transformed. That word, be changed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind is a transfiguring. It's a transformation. It's a change. Ah, metamorphosis. A change. So then we get to the most favorite part. Oh, I've got so many favorites that I can't get all the favorites into one favorite. But one of the favorite scriptures that I have is 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. See where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. There is liberty. And we all are changed. Transformed. Just like Saul turned into 
to another man. Our another manness comes by the intent of God giving us his spirit so that transformation will take place within you. You can't change of your own accord. Grace is God's ability upon your inability, the power to change undeserved, unmerited. God gave us the power to change by giving us intentionally his spirit. And today is the, remind, the, the rem, remembrance, the reminder of the, huh, the day of Pentecost. The day it all, the sound of the mighty rushing wind, the entrance of the Holy Ghost, the indwelling of God, Father, Son, and Spirit on the inside of man. What are we at? Hang on a minute. God, you created a son, a, a created son in the beginning of the realm of earth with intent and when you created him you blew breath into him but hang on a minute lord there is a group of people there's a remnant there's a generation that you desired called sons not to return to the image of adam but to be made and to be formed and transformed into the image of christ in the earth if there was ever a time for that, it's now. If there was ever a time for the world to see something real, it's to see Christ-filled men and women walking the earth, demonstrating with the same intent as Jesus, with the same intent as the Father. When we lay hands on the sick, it's intentional to see them healed. When we speak to the lost, it's intentional to see them saved. Listen, we are not blowing a trumpet outside here to say, look at us, we're such good Christians, we're feeding the poor, then we've lost our reward. That's not the intent. Right now, there is a need. There's people that are hungry. That's, that's not what we're doing. We're not trying to say to the church and to the world, listen, look at Kingdom Light and look at Dave and look at Sean. We're such good people. Look, we're feeding the poor. That's not what it's about. Our intent is to go to those souls and give them something more than just a food parcel. Our intent is to say to them, Jesus loves you. Our intent is to say, can I pray with you that you be filled with him? Oh man, I'm running out of breath and I'm running out of time and I'm running out of everything this morning. Woo! God is so awesome. The metamorphosis, the change of God's intent that we be washed and cleansed and, and, and be rejuvenated by the Spirit. That you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That you will receive that power. Oh man, I don't know. Maybe I should... Uh, uh, oh. You know what we've been we've been looking at we've been we've been looking at reigning and ruling in this life by one Christ Jesus and 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 um, I think it's Michael W Smith has got a new album out and one of the I think the album is called Sovereign I see this ad for this album and I look at the word sovereign sovereign and 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 God's sovereign rule in us causes us to reign when we are led by the spirit we, we, we become sons. We become the sons of God when we are led and moved by His Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, there is so much I wanted to say this morning. Maybe let me go to Ezekiel. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, Ezekiel, quickly. Um, let me just go to Ezekiel here quickly. Uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Just have a look at this. This is prophetically about you and me, about what God intent is for the church in this moment 
And I, I hope I'm encouraging somebody somewhere this morning to receive that power, to receive that indwelling, to receive what God is doing. Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36. I hope you enjoyed this morning. I really do. I hope I kept calm enough for you to hear every word um, and to receive something. To receive something that is better than anything that you could ever receive. To receive His Holy Ghost. To receive His indwelling. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 listen to verse 25 then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols and I will cleanse you now listen to verse 26 a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart what do they write the law on? Tablets of stone. So I'm going to take away that condemning, performance-orientated, self-righteous attempt that can never work hard out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. And I will cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and you will do them. Wow. Go. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Sure. Has not yet come up in the heart of man. Phew. What God intended by giving us the Spirit. Natural man cannot understand this. 1 Corinthians 2. Natural man cannot receive the things of God, for they are foolishness unto him. But the spiritual man receives all things, even the deep things of God. God says, man naturally will never, by eye, by seeing, by heart, never understand what God has done for his children in the spirit. But he says, the spirit comes into a man. And it shows him even the deep things of God. The things that God has prepared for them that love him. I believe this morning we're on the, the brink of a new day. A new season. A group of people in the earth called church. Filled and led by the Spirit. With dynamous power. Power to change, power to create, power to speak. The same power of God on the inside of His people. Oh. oh, I think you need to go and read Romans 8 on your own. From verse 26 to 29, when you get to verse 29, you see God's intent. He says, it's come. He predestined us, foreordained us, called us to be conformed to the image of his son there's the cookie cut that we will all be the image of the son right now in your house you feel weak you feel you lack strength and you feel that everything has left you it's not true 
His promise was, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. He's a comforter that's been sent to be with you. Oh, I wish you could feel the anointing. I, I trust that you are feeling it right now through the cameras, through on the live stream. Such a presence of the Spirit here. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to touch people and restore. I feel there's, there's at least three or four people that are watching this morning that you feel cold. To use an old church word, you feel backslidden. You feel God has left you. If God seems distant, there's a saying. It says, guess who moved? Not God. We get distant, but God never, never changes. He's like the father that sits on the, on, the, on the veranda of the house waiting for the prodigal to return. This morning, God wants to touch you. I, I, I can almost see the man sitting there listening to this word and saying, it's too late, it's gone, it's, it's not possible anymore. This morning, in 2020, on the Sunday of Pentecost, God wants to walk through your life, into your room, into your house, into your lounge, where you're sitting. And He wants to touch you on the shoulder and He wants to say to you, Son, I've never left you. And the things you were destined to do with me, we're still going to do them. Thank you, Father, for touching those people right now. Right now. Power of the Spirit. The power of the Spirit this morning. Touching people. Maybe your Christian life has always been sort of like lukewarm. Not, not really sort of like powerful. God wants to give you that dynamos that came down on the day of Pentecost. He wants to envelop your life. He wants to clothe you. The fullness of the Godhead bodily inside of you. Just raise your hands where you are right now in the room that you're sitting in. Say, Father, I receive your spirit. What you did on the cross was to make me holy ground. Not by my own works, but by the cleansing and the rejuvenation of the Spirit. The washing of the water of the Word. The finished work of Jesus makes me holy ground. Makes you holy ground. You cannot be holy of yourself. But when God finished that work on the cross, He said it is finished. And now you become a place that the Holy Ghost can live, indwell and enter. You become a temple. Open your mouth and start speaking right now. Let the tears roll down your face. Let the shaking be on the inside of you. But let God's Spirit touch you right now. Let you be touched by the Holy Ghost this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you for touching people. Oh, yes. Oh, Jesus. You are awesome in this place. Mighty God. You are awesome in my life, Abba Father. You see, and I close with this. You have not received a spirit of slavery. A spirit of slavery is part of world 
orientation. You have not received a spirit of slavery again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, the Holy Spirit, by which we cry, Abba, Father. So I didn't have a dad. I never knew my father. I didn't have a good dad. Put that all behind you right now. The door is open to the throne room of grace. You can run in, jump on his lap, and have an embrace right now from Abba Father. You can sit on his lap in the presence of the Most High. Sure. Yesterday, Sean um, told the story again of Brother Lawrence. He wanted to be a monk. Wanted to enter the monastery. Wanted to be in ministry. For his time, that was ministry. For some unknown reason, he wasn't qualified or didn't qualify. But he was so anxious to be in the monastery that they gave him a cook's job. And so what he did was, as he was peeling potatoes, he practiced the presence of God. This is almost before Azusa Street. This is way, way back. And he just spent time with God, conscious of God. Until the Spirit so enveloped his life that people couldn't walk through the kitchen without being slain in the Spirit and falling down. When people ate the mashed potatoes, they got healed. They got touched. They got turned. They got transformed. The same Spirit, the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And in Him we live and move and have our being. Mm. I see revivals coming. I see revivals coming all over the world. I see men standing on stages again saying, I was skeptical and getting no other word out but to get drunk in the spirit, fall down in the joy and see people being healed row by row without anybody touching them. I see mornings like this when live streaming in a house will change an entire household. One moment, one moment, all the animosity in that house will be settled in one moment. Can that moment be now? The animosity in that house will be settled by the Spirit right now in one moment. An entire household saved, never to be the same again. Who can do that but God? But God. Thank you for watching this morning. I hope it really blessed you. It blessed me. When you speak about Him, when you speak in Him, when you look towards Him, uh, guess who shows up? He shows up. Right now I believe He's showing up in churches all over our country, in every other country. The Holy Ghost is showing up because people are once again looking in oneness, in unison, in one accord. 
and the sound of mighty rushing wind is going to cover the earth and sweep away all darkness in Jesus name Amen 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 Thank you for watching Join us again on live stream 10 o'clock and don't forget all the, the, the rules and regulations we've got to cover before next week to be able to have those four services Stay blessed Bless you Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For more information about Kingdom Light Church and upcoming local and international events, please follow our Facebook page, Instagram account, or visit our website at www.kingdomlightchurch.co.za.